Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Hello! Good day! I am so excited to be here with two of my heroes. We are talking to World of Vegans, Michelle Kane and plant-based on a budget's Tony Okamoto. Thank you, incredible vegan powerhouse women, for being here. You have a brand new book. Let's get started because it's a hundred vegan-friendly recipes, the vegan-friendly cookbook. I need this because we want to be able to just experience the joys of vegan cooking. And while I do a lot of cooking and a lot of burning, I don't make a lot of recipes. So why don't we start with Tony? Tony, tell us, how did you come up with this book? Well, we wanted to create the ultimate vegan cookbook out there that had rigorously tested recipes that would come out perfect every single time that you could share with your family, even if they're those skeptical meat eaters. And we also wanted to have a book that was filled with beautiful photography because we know that we eat with our eyes first. And, uh, and that's how people get inspired to get cooking in the kitchen. So that is uh, something that we wanted to bring to this book. Well, let me say this, Michelle. You guys are everywhere. First of all, kudos to you for both of you for grabbing the best vegan Instagram names right off the bat. I think when I look up the word vegan, I see Michelle Kane, right? You're either vegan yeah. or world of vegan. Um, tell us about um, world of vegan because a lot of people love that and uh, how you guys ended up collaborating. Absolutely. I started World of Vegan many, many years ago. I went vegan more than 13 years ago, both Tony and I did. And ever since then, we've been sort of on a mission to make going vegan easier for people, more accessible, more fun, really joyful, because it absolutely can be with the right mindset and the right support. So that's what worldofvegan.com, my website is all about and all of the resources that we create. And then when Tony and I met several years ago, actually at a farmed animal sanctuary animal place, when she was working there, we just became instant BFFs. Tony runs the website plant-based on a budget. And we were both on a mission to create content and resources to help people make the transition to plant-based eating. And so we started collaborating. Since then, we've started a podcast, the Plant Powered People podcast. We've written eBooks and created meal plans together the plant-based on a budget meal plans and so much more. And this is our latest project that we have been working on for years. Actually, I'd say 23 years because 13 years each of experimenting with vegan cooking in our kitchen has finally come to life with the Friendly Vegan Cookbook. And we're so proud of it and so excited to use this as our latest resource to help people make changes that are positive for themselves and for the world. Give us some examples of some of your recipes. Now, I have been doing Lunch Break Live, our daily vegan cooking show, and I would love you guys to join one day and do Lunch Break Live. That would be like Lunch Break Live gold standard. 
but we have hundreds of chefs and we've had some really good chefs. One thing I've learned is that how you cook is a reflection of your personality. To wit, I burn everything and I want to make dishes that should be take 45 minutes in a minute and a half. And that's, that reflects my personality. Uh, but how did you come up with these recipes? Because I come up with things all the time, you know, like my nice cream is my, uh, <laughs> that's my uh, wheelhouse where I'm constantly throwing new things in the blender to make uh, the vegan version of ice cream that's not packed with ginormous amounts of sugar and obviously is vegan. But um, ask me what the recipe is. It changes from moment to moment. How do you come up with these recipes? And by the way, Paige Persons Roach just texted Jane. They were on Lunch Break Live two years ago. So, <laughs> Hi, <sorry>. Paige. <laughs> yeah, how do you come up with these recipes? Well, the foundation of our book is based on our own experience, sharing food with our loved ones. When we started, it was a lonely journey. Uh, when we started our, our vegan journey, it was very lonely. And we wanted to start veganizing our own recipes so that we could share food with our families. And, and so that's the foundation of our book, recipes that have come from our own kitchen, our own family's collection that have been veganized. And we also wanted to make sure that the exper experience of sharing food for birthdays and holidays and every other night you share dinner with your mixed table, that everyone is going to be enjoying their food. So we stuck with uh, some classics like fettuccine like Alfredo what? and lasagna. Okay. Uh, we have a delicious ramen, which is one of my favorites. It's a definitely an upgraded adult version of ramen. And then we have some things that are easier, like uh, chocolate pie with only four ingredients. As we, we can also show you how to make that into fudge and a mousse. So there's a lot of good things in there. Well, you mentioned ramen, and that's really funny because uh, I've been vegan about 24 years, but my entire life I have had like a ramen obsession. And what I've survived on for years is quite often. Now I'm eating super healthy. I'm eating kale. I'm eating beets. I'm eating all sorts of great food. In fact, I have a delivery that comes in with fruits and vegetables every week since the pandemic started. And it's really helping me uh, transform. I'm using this time to transform. You know, I believe that this is, to quote Dr. Silas Rao of Climate Healers, an intervention for Mother Nature Nature is saying, human race, you've been very bad. Go to your rooms, think about the way you live and come out more evolved or you're finished. You're finished. <laughs> and so just like we're urging people to go plant-based and to bring all these healthy fruits, vegetables, nuts, and grains, I'm going from just being vegan and anything that's vegan I'll eat. I'm just trying to eat more healthy vegan. It's great to have those treats. I love Beyond Meat Burgers as much as the next person but I'm also really trying to eat the fruits, vegetables, nuts, and grains that are the basis of the vegan diet. How do you, uh, Michelle, find that balance between having something that is eye candy and that people, because people are food addicts in America today. You know, uh, fast food is packed with sugar, salt, and fat. That's addictive. We are biologically pre-programmed to crave that to get us through times of famine. And what's happening now is two-thirds of Americans are overweight or obese, including tons of children. So that's like heroin. I mean, trying to get people off of that and saying, here, 
have a stick of chewing gum to kick heroin. It's not going to work. So, of course, we offer people the plant-based versions of the foods that they crave and say, well, instead of having a, a meat burger with, with cow's breast milk cheese and cow's breast milk um, you know, shake, here, have uh, a um, vegan burger that's made of peas and soy and all sorts of good foods and have a, um, a, a shake made from a beet, uh, let's say, a dates for sugar and um, oat milk. But it's really hard to get, it's like going from heroin to methadone to, to being sober person. That's a very hard journey. So how do you navigate that? I want to ask both of you. Uh, should we start with Michelle? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can resonate with everything you're saying. I was, I grew up eating lots of comfort food, lots of store-bought ramen noodles. And the beautiful thing is that while it's pretty much impossible to say I'm eating really unhealthily, now I'm just going to start eating kale and I'm just going to stick with that for the rest of my life and then I'll be healthy. That's not sustainable. But there are really magical ways to transform your previously less healthy meals into plant-based meals that are so much healthier. One of our favorite, I'm really excited to be able to show, by the way, pictures from our book. Our book just came in the mail. So we're able to hold our tangible book for the first time. So I can show you guys pictures. So this is one of our favorite recipes in the book. It's a fettuccine Alfredo. It's creamy, it's delicious, and it's got no butter. It's got no heavy cream like normal Fredo would, but it tastes almost the same. Instead, it's made from almonds. You take raw almonds Whoa. and you blend them and strain out the pulp, and that becomes mixed with other super healthy ingredients, onions and fresh fresh garlic, fresh food like that, you're mixing it together and you're creating something that I kid you not tastes almost identical to the fettuccine Alfredo that I that I grew up eating, but it's made from plants instead of animals. And then it's also, of course, cholesterol free and packed with way more nutrients. So we did that a lot. You also mentioned a milkshake. That's a great example where you can just swap out all the bad stuff. And instead we have a chocolate peanut butter milkshake in our book that is so, so easy. You can whip it up in like three minutes. It's a base of frozen bananas. You add cocoa powder, you add peanut butter and plant-based milk, blend that up. And you've got something that tastes just as good, if not better than a milkshake. Plus it's so healthy that I even eat it for breakfast. So <laughs> I know. Okay. We've got a caller. Leanne is on hold. Uh, Leanne, your question or thought? Yes, I understand you're a new mom, Michelle. How are you juggling being a mom and providing all that great content? Just curious. I'm a mom, too. Oh, thank you. Yes, I am a new mom. My little one is turning eight months old tomorrow, I think, which is crazy. And actually, while we were writing this book, I was super pregnant, which was quite a situation. If you're Eddie was writing a book out there while you're pregnant, there were periods where I couldn't step in the kitchen and periods where all I wanted to do was be in the kitchen. Um, but now that I have a little one, it's a lot. Toggling it is is a lot right now. My, my mom is visiting, thankfully, and so she's watching Graham. Um, so we're able to do these fun um, places, opportunities where we can connect with you guys, but it, it, it's hard. It's a lot of work. But the thing is, everybody needs to eat. And whether you're a busy mom or a working person, or um, if you don't have a lot of time on your hands, that was something we wanted to make sure we included in our book was ways that you can whip things together really quick, quickly and still have 
family meals, nourishing meals, um, things that are ready and waiting for you in the fridge, like overnight oats or chia pudding. And so that's been really fun to like try and incorporate that in as well. But I'm so glad to hear from a fellow mama and cheers. I know it's a lot. (laughs) Thanks for raising the next generation of kind humans. Let me raise another issue. To me, one of the areas that we've really dropped the ball in the vegan movement is explaining to parents how you can have very healthy, healthier kids who are vegan. And I think that one of the problems is that even people who are willing to go vegan themselves, suddenly all of this conditioning, this brainwashing, ignorant doctors who get no training in nutrition are kind of, you know, you need to have, your child needs this. When in truth, there is no reason for a child once he or she is weaned off his own mother's milk to start drinking the mother's milk of another species that is designed to grow that species. And especially with cows, when it's designed to take an animal who's maybe 40, 60 pounds and turn it into a 400 pound animal in a very short period of time, those are called growth hormones. And you wonder why two thirds of Americans are overweight or obese from the dairy. But even though plant-based is so much healthier for children. And you see that if meat and dairy were so good for you, we'd have the healthiest kids in the world or in the history of humankind because no culture has consumed the breast milk of another species more than this current culture. And yet the kids are sick. They're getting type two diabetes. They're overweight. They're obese. They're um, suffering from asthma, all things that in many cases are connected to diet. And, and maybe you could take that, Michelle, uh, or Tony. Yeah, it's been really, oh, sorry. Um, I'll just pop in with my experience. Um, it's been really, it's, it's been really nice going to our pediatrician with our kid's doctor. I didn't go and search out a vegan pediatrician and I more have been curious how just a standard pediatrician would respond. And I expected to get a lot of pushback because that's just what we hear about a lot. And my pediatrician was actually like, yeah, I've had several parents with vegan kids. Good to go. And I'm asking all these questions, all worried because we have been programmed to think like, oh, is this going to be okay? And he's like, no, a lot of times our vegan parents end up having kids that are way healthier because they're actually conscious about what they're putting in their bodies. So that's been so great. Anyway, Tony, sorry to cut you off. Well, yeah, Tony, go ahead. I was just going to say Michelle's probably better uh, to answer that because of her experience. Look, kids are not some foreign species, okay, that lands from Mars. They're humans. And um, humans um, are, you know, our commonality is whether you're five months old or 100 years old, you're a human being. You have the same biology, essentially. So what is good for adults Um, you know, is often good for kids. And it just breaks my heart that so many people close their minds, close their minds to having vegan kids because they're just scared. I really feel I've tried to encourage several women who are super healthy, I would call them super women who've had babies to do something, whether it's a video series or a book, that is specifically about feeding your baby uh, vegan food, plant-based food to make your child super healthy. Um, Do you think that's something, and I don't want to get too wrapped up in this because I want to talk about your book, but do you think, last question on this, Michelle, do you think that's something that, that you would consider? 
Absolutely. Going through this experience, I agree. There's always a need for more resources out there. And since this is a relatively new space, there's not too much. There's a new cookbook that just came out by the creators of Vegucated, the Vegucated family table kitchen, something like that. Sorry. Uh, but look up Vegucated, their new book. It's geared towards kids and, and healthy food that you can cook at home. And I would, I'm absolutely keeping that in mind, finding what resources I can create and where I see that there is a need. But when you really think about it, when you're feeding your kids plant-based foods, anyone will tell you the more vegetables you eat, the better. The more fruit you eat, the better. The more whole grains you eat, the better. We're not, it's not taking meat off and putting these weird other things. And you can feed your kids just the healthiest food on the planet and make that what their food is. And they're going to thrive because of it. It's going to be so much better for them. And to be able to set those healthy examples, rather than being the family that drives past the fast food place and gets that for your kid, no one's judging you there. But if instead you're cooking home cooked meals, things that you can involve your kids on, your kids grow up knowing how food gets to the table, how you grow your food in your backyard, like Tony's been doing so much this year, sharing, growing food in her garden. If you can raise kids with that positive example of food, think about how that changes is the next generation, but also our whole world. Let's talk about growing food in your garden. You know, I've been really heartbroken. Well, during this pandemic, I do feel that it's, you know, it's, it's obviously a tragedy. 200,000 Americans dead, um, our economy shattered, people in grief. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare caused by our abuse of animals. This is a zoonotic disease, meaning it jumped from animals to humans. And it's believed from a bat to a pangolin to humans. And um, there are many other zoonotic diseases, SARS, you know, uh, mad cow disease, um, swine flu, and they are percolating. There are some uh, that are percolating right now. So we could have an even deadlier pandemic. So to me, the lesson is stop abusing animals, we won't have these uh, pandemics, and stop using animals in the food system. Because you're talking about mad cow disease, that's a cow. Swine flu, uh, that's pigs. So uh, avian flu is birds. If we did not eat animals, we would not be in this situation today. We've got to learn from this because the next pandemic could be even deadlier. It could be much deadlier. Uh, you know, in the 14th century, there was a plague that wiped out literally half of Europe. That's just an historical fact, okay? So um, these plagues have cropped up throughout human history, and they are very, very deadly. And um, they are zoonotic diseases. They go from animals to humans. So one of the smartest things we could do is simply eliminate animals from the food system especially now that we can replicate just about anything plant-based. So we're going to talk about whether they have any full meats in their recipes in a second. We're going to take a short break here on Voice America Radio, but we're going to... Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. 
Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencer channel the voice america talk radio network is on instagram make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows live events and around the network we want to see what you have to share as well check us out on instagram at voice america talk radio we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. We are here with two powerhouse vegan women. Now we're going to get them to predict the future. And I know none of you have a crystal ball, but you're very deeply involved in the vegan movement. We are talking to Tony Okamoto and Michelle Kane. We're talking Michelle, World of Vegan, Tony, plant-based on a budget. If you're plant-based, you've heard those phrases because they're all over Instagram. And now they have a brand new book. Uh, the Show us the, the book friendly again. Vegan <laughs> the friendly vegan cookbook. This is super friendly. 100 vegan recipes. I can't wait to try some of them out. So let me get to... First of all, do you do, I want to segue into your predictions for the future of the vegan movement, given what we're experiencing right now, but do you have faux meats? Do you have those kinds of recipes for people who say, I could never give up, and then they cite chicken or they cite cheese? Um, Take it away, Tony. In our book, we have a lot of classic comfort meals, as we mentioned earlier, but instead of using store-bought meats, we use ingredients like textured vegetable protein and tofu and um, jackfruit as the meat replacements. And we have recipes like uh, pulled pork barbecue jackfruit, and that is a classic everyone loves. We have a tuna chickpea salad, using chickpeas that are mashed. And in my opinion, as someone who has eaten 1 million tuna fish sandwiches as a child, I think it tastes exactly like it. And it's a great alternative that is compassionate and cleaner and cheaper. Let me say this, and this is not your cookbook, but it's a great story. So, um, there is this company, and I'm trying to remember it right now. Uh, well, anyway, they had the Untuna. They're friends of mine. Well, I can't remember their name. Um, and they had gone from 
being a regular sort of deli, creating deli dishes to vegan. And they, they had a crisis of conscience and they were in a quandary. They said, our best seller is tuna. What do we do? And a friend who was vegan said, make untuna your best seller. And that's exactly what they did. And now their untuna is all over Whole Foods and all over everywhere. And it is so delicious. It is like the, you know, I, I, I almost like now that I'm thinking of it, I want to jump out of my chair and run and get some because it's that good. So really when the, when the food tastes that good and it's zero cholesterol, okay, and it's not overfishing the oceans and it's not contributing to climate change, let's get to the prediction part. What are your predictions for the vegan movement? You've both watched it for a long time. You're right in there. We're, as Charles Dickens said, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Plant-based foods are skyrocketing. Uh, Beyond Meat is going to do delivery, direct delivery, impossible foods, just. I've heard rumors that they're going to go IPO, Josh Tetrick, all of these great things happening. And yet the, the vegan restaurants are struggling, just like every other restaurant in the world. So uh, let's start with Michelle. What are, it's rabbit hole foods. Thank God for Paige. She's watching, she's <laughs> correcting me and giving me information. My friends at Rabbit Hole Foods make the most amazing on tuna. Uh, yeah, and you can get it everywhere. It's so good. Um, we, we've got a call. Why don't we just take this caller and then we're going to go into predictions. Yes, uh, Lisa, what is your question or thought? So I just wanted to say, these, these, you, these two women, you guys are such incredible powerhouses. You have an incredible Instagram. You have an incredible um, podcast called the Plant Powered Plant Powered People Podcast. Tell us about your podcast. I want to hear. Do you have guests? Do you um, uh, do you just do different shows every every you know every week? Tell us about the podcast. All right. Yeah, our podcast. We're actually launching season three on October first, and it comes out every two weeks. And we started this podcast in order to have conversations with everyday people and talk about the struggles that they have as they step into a vegan, a plant based life. Style. We even had someone come on who does weekday vegan. Um, we really want to break down the barriers for people, find out what's hard, what's challenging, and help people see that it doesn't have to be all or nothing all at once. There's always something that we can be doing to improve. And those hard things, while they can be hard with support, with friends, with resources, we want to provide all the tools to make those easier. So that's a big mission that we've had with the Plant Power People podcast. And this season, since things are a little bit different with the pandemic, Tony and I are coming on a lot more. We still have some really exciting guests that we're bringing on this season, um, but we're also doing some episodes that are diving really deep into specific topics like milk, like um, cheese, and talk and really diving deep in those. So really excited for the episodes to start up. Yeah. And so predictions, let's start with Tony. Where are we going uh, you know, I did a documentary called I'll Give It a Plug, as I always do, Countdown to Year Zero. Watch it before it's too late. It's on Amazon Prime. And it basically uh, profiles the work of Dr. Silas Rao, who says, and he's just not anybody. He's a systems analyst from uh, Stanford who was instrumental in the acceleration of the Internet speeds. But he says we got to switch to plant-based by 2026 or we will have killed all the wildlife vertebrates, essentially, except for maybe squirrels and rats, out there. CNN just reported the other day, 68% of wildlife has been destroyed in the last 50 years. 
or we're going to have an ecological collapse that's going to essentially accelerate climate change to the point where planet Earth is going to become uninhabitable for life, including humans. Already it was 130 degrees, um, not so far from where I'm sitting right now, which is you know pretty much unheard of. Uh, you know, I could go on all day. The ice caps are melting, et cetera. And we make the case, it's very simple. We're only 7.8 billion humans. We're raising and killing uh, 70 billion animals who eat the vast majority of the food we produce, uh, which means that we got to cut down forests to grow crops, not to feed people, but to feed animals. Animal agriculture is the world's most inefficient food source. It takes eight to 25 pounds of grain to make one pound of beef. So we could reverse climate change. We could reforest the farmland and, uh, we could uh, save ourselves just by switching to plant-based. Where are we on that journey? Uh, who wants to go first? I, I believe that with documentaries like yours available, easily accessible, uh, people are learning information they had no idea about. And they're learning about how to reclaim their health, how to save the planet, how to take care of animals. And with books like How Not to Die and just this massive introduction through the media uh, to plant-based living, people are becoming more, uh, they're more embracing plant-based living. And I believe that it's not a trend, it is a shift. And I know this for a fact because my parents who have been the, like, the biggest skeptical, the skeptics of veganism have become proud of me for being in this <laughs> They've been giving me a hard time for a long time. And now they're saying, oh, my daughter's vegan. She's been doing this for a long time. And so that's how I know that there's a real change happening in this world. <laughs> well, let me ask you a provocative question. You're Asian. Asian um, cuisine invented faux meats. Um, the uh, Asian world in general, up until the invasion of the fast food companies, ate uh, a very plant-based diet to a large degree. Tofu is obviously associated with Asian cooking. And um, so I would say that the Asian cuisine is almost the leader of our movement how could, if, I don't understand why there would be a resistance to something that was invented by one's own culture. Well, well, I am part Asian. I am mostly Mexican and I have been living a very Mexican, or I, I live within the Mexican culture. And so uh, I love tofu and I, I think the, the Mexican foods that we have been eating have been heavy in dairy and in meat. And it was a challenge to introduce my family to those foods. But over time, through friendly vegan conversations and food sharing, we have really made a breakthrough. And my family is even choosing more vegan options. They've even switched from their favorite chorizo breakfast to a soy riso breakfast exclusively. They never buy chorizo anymore. And those little steps lead to something bigger and save animals in the process of making that big transition. Yes. And thank you for explaining. And being Puerto Rican and Irish myself with a little German thrown in, 
Um, I can totally relate. And my mother was the original animal rights activist. She was born in Vieques, Puerto Rico in 1916. She had a pig who was her friend, her family. She loved that pig. And that pig was slaughtered for food. And she fainted as a child. And when she woke up, she shunned meat. Uh, and then when she met my father in New York, who was a, a Irish and American, Irish American, he also pretty much gave up meat. We thought we were vegetarians, but we unfortunately ate fish and dairy. But then as I grew up and started seeing the horrors of the dairy industry and the fishing industry, I gave it up. And then when I met Howard Lyman, the cattle rancher turned vegan, he went liquid meat and turned me vegan. That was about 24 years ago. But um, yes, uh, well, one of the things that we need to acknowledge as a culture is that we're all Almost all of us are a mix of many different cultures, many different cultures. But if you look back into those cultures, like my mother's culture, Puerto Rican, yuca, okay, high protein food. It's the Latin potato, uh, platanos, beans, black beans, rice, maize, corn. All of that is plant-based. We have been sold a lie that it's heritage and tradition and ethnicity that makes us have to eat dead animals. And nothing could be further from the truth. We've got some callers. Uh, Kim, Kim, what's your question or thought, Kim? Hi. Um, I wanted to say that's awesome about Tony's parents being proud of her. That's great. And um, I wanted to ask either of you what's like your uh, fast, quick recipe with the fewest amount of ingredients. And then another quick question regarding tofu. Um, how do you explain to those people that think tofu is bad for you somehow, you know, like too many, what, too much estrogen or whatever, and oh. they try to avoid tofu? Uh, that's such a good question. Maybe we'll hit that one first. Uh, Michelle, we know that those are phytoestrogens that don't work on the body the same way as, for example, cow's milk is packed with hormones because cows have to be pregnant to have babies so that we can abduct them so that we can steal the, the breast milk that is designed for those calves. That's where all those hormones are packed in. in. The irony is they're scaring people away from soy when it's actually the dairy that is packed with hormones. Can you elaborate on that, Michelle? Yeah, there is so much misinformation on the nutrition front being spread. And it's no wonder that it's being spread because there's a lot of industries that soy and tofu are a huge competitor to meat. So if we can just, you don't even have to prove that soy is unhealthy, which it is absolutely not. You just have to be able to give a little inkling of doubt in people's face, in people's minds, and that will get them scared away from a food. So that's a big industry tactic and definitely look a little deeper. We have an article on World of Vegan. It's just worldofvegan.com slash soy. And it was written by registered dietitian Taylor Wolfram. And it talks all about the myth that uh, the myths about soy and how soy can be an absolutely healthful part of your diet. And just like you were saying, like within Asian cultures that have been eating these foods for so long as a vast majority of their, or a big part of their diet and are also some of the longest 
living lifespans of all cultures. So um, yeah, definitely if you're of the belief of being a little worried about soy, that it's going to give you boobs or something (laughs) or man boobs or whatever, uh, check out that article on World of Vegan and dig a little bit deeper. Don't just trust us. Don't just trust anyone who's giving you nutritional information. Look for the sources. And even if you're looking at um, published articles, look at who's funding those published articles. A lot of times there's a, there's a place where you can look in those that have um, people who are writing those articles and any conflicts of interest. And a lot of times you'll see people involved in the articles also work for the National Pork Association or the Dairy Council or all these things. So dig into the research a little better or, or dig into the research yourself or find people who you know know are like Dr. Michael Greger. He reviews a ton of the nutrition articles coming out. Nutritionfacts.org is a great resource. Um, Tony and I are friends with Dr. Matt Nagra, who has a great Instagram account, who's all about crushing the myths out there and digging deep into the research and finding out what's real because it's so hard right now to know what's real rather than what's clickbait and what's real rather than what's trying to scare you off from a changing world. So yeah. Absolutely. And it's a bit off topic, but I just watched The Social Dilemma yesterday and that Me is too. really terrifying. <sighs> um, but, you know, I also do want to say that if it weren't for social media, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And I worked in mainstream media for almost four decades. And I could tell you that Um, they're not always truth tellers. Um, They, you know, look, we, our whole culture is falling apart because of our abuse of animals. And you don't hear very much of it at all. Now I'll give props out to, for example, uh, Rachel Maddow covers covers a lot of the slaughterhouse uh, problems because slaughterhouse workers are dying and slaughterhouses are hotbeds of COVID-19. And there's huge infections there and it's a lot of problems. But Slaughterhouses were killing people long before the pandemic erupted, killing people with heart disease and cancer. Processed meat, one Google search will show you processed meat is officially cancer causing. The World Health Organization has determined that. The American Heart Association has that information on their website. And yet people just pretend like the mainstream media just doesn't even talk about that. And then they'll have ginormous, you know, telethons to uh, fight cancer without mentioning that we could fight cancer by just avoiding the products, the food products that cause cancer, processed meat being a major one. Tony. Uh, Was there a question in there? No, I'm just going off. Okay, I'll answer the other person. The person who who had a call, um, the caller just before asked about food uh, that meals that required a few ingredients that were in our cookbook. And I would recommend if you're in a hurry and you can, investing in a pressure cooker. A pressure cooker is the huge the biggest time saver in my kitchen. All I do is cut up a bunch of stuff or use frozen veggies, pour them in there. And in minutes of effort, I have this full healthy meal. And uh, the whole soups, stews section of our book are great for pressure cooker recipes. 
Yes. Yeah. And if you want some really quick, easy ones in our book, smoothies are obviously great, but we've included two of our favorite, favorite all time we have, and they're very few ingredients. So it's literally, you can have something nourishing and delicious in minutes. We also have a chia pudding that's really fast and easy to prep. And then it's ready in a few hours. Same thing with overnight oats. If you're trying to cut down time in the kitchen, just want quick snacks to grab or meals. That's a really great one. So we tried to include some things where you don't even have to chop vegetables. You don't even have to spend like the the time in the kitchen at all. It's as quick as pouring a bowl of cereal. Wow. Now, what about desserts? Um, do you have uh, any night? I'm obsessed with nice cream. So take it away. Whoever wants to. We do have a Sunday in there where we flavor different um, nice cream, nice banana ice cream. Uh, we provide different banana ice cream flavors and we have toppings on it. So you have this whole split. It's really pretty. Michelle's going to show the photo. Oh, yep, great. it's right Let's here. See. And we do call it banana ice cream sundae. Oh, that looks incredible. Beautiful. And then we can flip through, like, since we've got the book in hand, if you guys want to see some dessert options, um, yeah. here's that chocolate peanut butter milkshake I was talking about that's actually healthy. Um, here What's is in a your nice cream? What's in your nice cream? And we've and got frozen. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I'm curious. Yep. So we've got large spotted bananas that you freeze, chop up and just blend those. That's the base of any nice cream, of course. And then we add. I want to add one tip there because I didn't know this when I first started cooking. When you are going to freeze your bananas, you have to peel them first or else. Of course. I didn't know that because I hadn't really cooked when I started my vegetarian and then vegan journey. And I just threw my spotted bananas. I'd heard, freeze your bananas. I threw the whole thing in there and I tried to peel them and they were just useless. So peel and cut your bananas, store them in a, an airtight container. Yes, yes. So there's bananas. And uh, what else? What else do you put in? I, I don't want to reveal the secrets of this book. I want everybody to buy the book, but I, I do need to know this. This is my obsession. We are happy to reveal secrets. This one calls for four large bananas, peeled, chopped up, freeze them, and then a quarter cup of cocoa powder and two tablespoons of peanut butter. So one of the things we want to do to do was keep things as simple as possible. Whenever we could use ingredients you already have most likely in your pantry, we did that. We didn't want to call for a bunch of stuff you needed to like go to six different groceries for us, grocery stores for, which we're so grateful, especially in these pandemic times that we went with that route. So it's really easy. And then we have a bunch of optional toppings that you how can do you, add but on. How do you really get it to be sweet? My understanding is that when you freeze things, the sweetness level goes down. That's one of the reasons why regular ice cream is so fattening because they just pour so much sugar because the, the freezing process diminishes the sweet taste. So what do you do for sweet? Okay. Okay, so here's the secret. Bananas, the more ripe they get, the sweeter they get. And so when you see those bananas that are really spotty, they almost look like they're bad. You're like, maybe I could use this for banana breads. A lot of time people throw them away. And I beg you never throw away your super ripe bananas. Those are the sweetest. So if you want, you you don't need to add any extra sugar in this. I promise it is super sweet and decadent. I mean, you can throw some dates in there if you want, but just let your bananas get really ripe before you chop them up, peel them, and freeze them. I even use the fully brown bananas. Really? Wow. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk toppings for a second. 
Okay, we've got some fun toppings. They're really simple. Again, you can have like chopped nuts, like peanuts. Um, we included rainbow sprinkles. There's some really fun sprinkle companies that are coming up in the world now that have vegan sprinkles. One of them is called Fancy Sprinkles, and then they have a whole tab for vegan. They're so fun, and this isn't something you often think about, but now I've been adding sprinkles sometimes for fun to smoothies, mixing them in there, and it makes a healthy thing a little bit special. Even though that is like some sugar you're adding on top, you're not adding anything into the ice cream that that way, so it's a great way to make it fun. Um, you can whip up vegan whipped cream. You can make that using coconut milk, or you can, they even have a bunch of vegan whipped creams at stores. Now you can add cherries or any fruit, dice up some strawberries, whatever. And it's really fun to put out a little ice cream bar with the base instead of being a unhealthy ice cream, it's banana and ice cream. Wow. I love it. So essentially we're not just taking the meat and dairy out, which is great, but we're also making what you would call guilty pleasures, guilt-free pleasures. Can you elaborate on that? Because look, let's be real here. Your chances of dying of the pandemic skyrocket when you have underlying conditions, obesity, heart disease, uh, diabetes, um, all of those problems, they have documented that if you're super healthy and fit, your chances of staving this off, even if God forbid you get it, are greater. So it's in our self-interest to get rid of the meat and dairy that causes those underlying conditions and to adopt something that's healthy, superfoods. Um, on our show, New Day, New Chef, which is on Amazon Prime, we um, profile what the athletes eat, Dotsie Bausch, an Olympic cyclist who was the oldest person who to win uh, on that stage is uh, like she says, she describes herself as a machine. She eats superfood bowls with kale and quinoa and all these incredible nutrient packed dishes. Um, so what kind of superfoods are in your recipes, Tony? Well, we're really proud that even... <laughs> Yes, Michelle's showing the chia, the chia seed pudding. Oh, uh, here it is. Right here, it looks so good. We're really proud that we turned our decadent recipes into nutrient-rich recipes. And so while that is a, a pudding, it's filled with chia seeds. And our milkshakes are filled with fruits and not ice cream. And our tofu pie tastes exactly like a rich, decadent chocolate pie. And so while people are eating their desserts, they're still taking in a lot of fantastic nutrients as well. Now, let me ask you this. Um, One of the other things I've learned is as you're cooking, and we're not double dipping, I learned when I first started Lunch Break Live that the big no-no is double dipping on camera. Even though they're not eating it. People get really angry, rageful. Just in case you ever do you know, your own TV show, just know that. It's just this weird thing. It's like, okay, we will not double dip. Um, so I'm very careful about that. But it is very important. Chefs have said, taste your recipe and then throw that spoon out in the sink. Um, as you're making it, because that's how you learn what's working and what isn't, the 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 big truth of cooking is that 
you have to be careful. You can always add more, but it's very hard to subtract when you're making uh, a cream or you're making anything where it's mixed. That ship has sailed. So how did you navigate that, uh, Michelle? It was challenging, but so fun. So with having two authors of our cookbook, it was really beautiful because I developed about half the recipes and Tony developed about half of them. And um, these are not recipes that we just one time made and figured out, wrote down and put in a book. We each passed them to our to each other's kitchens back and forth and back and forth until we perfected them. And then we have nearly a hundred recipe testers that we then sent the recipes to and got their feedback whether they had any trouble cooking. <laughs> Yep. And then it came back to us. And if any of the testers had struggles or had suggestions for how to make it better, we would try it again to further perfect it. So we, there's a lot of vegan cookbooks out there and we really wanted to make sure to create something that had foolproof recipes that were going to make you, even if you're not used to spending time in the kitchen or you're brand new to cooking this way, recipes that are going to turn out. So if you feel comfortable playing with them and adding in spices go for it. And I agree with Jane, do a little at a time because you can always add more. Yeah. I, but have, if you I have destroyed many recipes with too much turmeric. I was <sighs> at a veg fest and I was very overexcited as I am at veg fest. I can't wait till one day I can go back because my favorite thing is to go to a veg fest. That's like my Woodstock. And uh, I ended up buying this 25 ba- pound bag of organic, veganic turmeric from like some incredible veganic farm in Peru or somewhere. And I was so overexcited. I started putting it at everything. And you could, you have to be careful with tumor or turmeric, 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 whatever you say. Uh, you have to be careful with it. It's great. I have it every morning. It is a superfood. It's an antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, anti, it's so good for you. And you use the pepper, a little pepper to activate it. But if you put too much in, hasta la vista, baby, that is not edible. And I did that so many times till I learned. So, uh, yes, you start with a little, and then if you want to add more, you can add more. Um, So let me ask you two things, because as I've learned, I came from, like, basically a showbiz family. My mother did not cook at all. My mother made one dish, uh, spaghetti, and my father made some kind of African curry, and that was it. So we went out to dinner every night. So I've really enjoyed learning about cooking and you know exploring. So now I have two things, because I was always afraid of the stove. Always afraid, I have like this innate fear of the stove. Do you have baking? And also, do you have anything with my new favorite toy, an air fryer? We do Michelle, have a baker. I will let you. I feel you. I feel you about burning things because that's how I am with baking. I am really good at cooking and mixing and adding in all flavors and knowing what works well. But with the baking, Michelle and I, Michelle had to teach me her ways of being an expert baker. And she was the brain of, of many of the baking recipes. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes, it's in our book. We have cookies, cupcakes, donate donuts, all the things that you never want to miss out on when you go vegan. Um, and so those are delicious. We don't have any specifically air fryer items in our cookbook. I do have some at worldofvegan.com if you're looking for air fryer recipes and I have an air fryer and love it. And I felt the same way when I first got it, it sat in a box for 
probably six months because I was intimidated to use it and I didn't really know what to make. But you can be as simple as chop up tofu, put some salt and pepper, stick it in the air fryer. And you can do that with potatoes, sweet potatoes, slice up sweet potatoes, air fry them. Those are delicious. You can add a little bit of oil, salt and pepper to most things. And it turns out super, super delicious. Also, if you have If you get like veggie chicken nuggets or anything like that made by Gardein or any of these fun brands that are out there, you can pop them in the air fryer and that's so much better than baking them. They get so crispy and delicious. And there's no recipe there. Okay, thank you. That's dinner tonight. Okay, we only have three minutes. So I'll give each of you a minute. Just just bring us up today because we didn't really get into enough of world of vegan and plant-based on a budget. You guys have these two incredible powerhouses. Uh, Can you start, Tony, with the plant-based on a budget? Yes, plant-based on a budget, plantbasedonabudget.com. We have all kinds of resources, videos, meal plans, recipes, and more that show how to be plant-based without breaking your budget. And that's something that I hear over and over and over again in my own vegan activism is that it's too expensive or too privileged to be plant-based. And I want to help people who feel that way overcome that obstacle and break down that misconception. World of Vegan. Worldofvegan.com is packed with how to go vegan guides. What do you do with vegan cheese, vegan butter, anything for people who are stepping into the lifestyle. We've got guides and resources to help make that easy. And then also just tons of recipes. I mean, this is why we wrote a book because we've been developing recipes and making recipes for both of our sites for so many years. We have so much fun with that. And um, yeah, so if you're looking for dinner ideas. Okay, because we only got a couple of seconds. Renee Marinkovich says, I want to buy your book. How do I buy your book? Friendlyvegancookbook.com, or you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere you shop for books. Friendlyvegancookbook.com. I'm writing it right here. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, this is fantastic. I love this. Honestly, I like the easy part. You know, friendly, easy. Um, because so many of us don't have that time to, A, get all those ingredients and do all those things. So if you make it friendly, you make it easy, that's what we need to do. We make, need to make it easy and friendly for people to make that switch and just evolve beyond the dead animals on their plate. And you women are doing it. Um, we've also posted the link several times, uh, says Sarah Siegel, who's our um, great contributor who helps us push out. We hope you both share it to your Facebook pages, this. And uh, of course, we're going to do a story on this for janeunchained.com. And so we'll have that out. And, you know, um, get this book because I can't wait to try it. Now that I'm feeling a little more confident in the kitchen, because I'm not going to restaurants every night, even <laughs> though I love my vegan restaurants. And I want to keep them open. And that's why uh, Jane Unchained work with Support and Feed. We did a whole series on Amazon with Support and Feed, which gives money. You donate to Support and Feed. They give money to the vegan restaurants. The vegan restaurants make food for people who are struggling right now, suffering from hunger. And there are people suffering from hunger. And also first responders, paramedics, and all the incredible doctors and nurses who are risking their lives. So, um Support and feed is is really good. But then now that we are home, I want to get this book because I want to start using these recipes. Thank you so much, Michelle and Tony. You rock. You are powerhouses. Thank you for Um, having us. Oh, gosh. It was so much fun. 
And uh, we'll have to have you back for Lunch Break Live real soon. I would love that. That would be awesome. Okay. Yeah, thank you so much. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week. Music